Do you understand what you are reading? How can I, unless I have someone to guide me? Then, Philip, opening his mouth and beginning from this passage of scripture, explained, preached to him the good news of Jesus Christ. In a water, if in a go, Kidikam Gesi water, Marlboro, no one will ye, Nakawaram. Philip, where may on ya? Where bido Nihagogua? Where query Korea, Okuchuku, Banyere, Jesu Christi. My dear friends, today is a happy occasion. This passage from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, will guide our reflection. Chapter 8 will guide our reflection. But before then, I want to explain that there was a mix-up in the choice of the translation. Makanoburu na kowaro Odanyi kod the Ethiopian eunuch again we did ga kowara ga akwa nsoa aka nogo for on agbagu joanya the passage you find in the bulletin you have and the passage you read for us today are the same. But the texts are not the same. Because the manuscripts are not the same. Chapter 8 of the Acts of the Bible Apostles has 37 verses in some manuscripts and 38 in others. And some who have 38 verses don't have verse 37. Because the Bible was not recorded with tape recorder. And it was not dictated to the apostles. They wrote according to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit... And after writing, other people copied what they wrote. And that was how the texts were handed down to us from generation to generation. Sometimes while copying, some people would change certain things without knowing or even deliberately. 
such that to know really which one corresponds to the original texts, you have to study attentively and compare texts and the tradition of the church. That is why it is dangerous when people just wake up one day and presume they can now explain the Holy Bible to everybody. The verse 37 that is missing in some manuscripts from which the passage of today was translated says, when the eunuch asked Philip, look, there is some water here. Is there anything to stop me being baptized? Philip answered him, you won't find that in some Bibles. If you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. And the eunuch answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Then he ordered the chariot to stop. Another communication gap. Because the Igbo version that the lector prepared earlier had this passage. But when he was told to read in English, he read the English passage that doesn't have this verse. And I will come to that later. What we have just done now in the rite of ordination is called election. And this practice goes back to the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6. The election of the first seven deacons. The Hellenists had complained that their widows were being ignored in the distribution of food. And the apostles asked them, look, we can't interrupt prayer and preaching to serve at table and distribute amenities and palliatives. Preaching the kingdom is not just social work. So choose from among yourselves people who will help us do this. And we are told that then they chose seven reputable men. Seven. They were Hellenists. Hellenists, some say they were not pure Jews. Others say they were Jews who had adopted Greek culture and language. Whatever. They were Jews who had some experience of the Greek culture. So they chose seven of them. Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenes, and Nicolaus of Antioch. And they presented these to the apostles. So they chose these men, 
this was the election. But the election did not make them deacons. Their being chosen from among the people did not make them deacons. The apostles laid hands on them and prayed over them. Having been elected, the successor of the apostles in Ansoka Diocese, we pray over these young men and lay hands on them and they will become deacons. I always remind parents, they won't come back there again. Never. Some parents oppose, but God insists. And the child also remains open to God. They have been chosen and they have answered. One, they will not come back. Two, don't allow them to come back. Because the space they have left will be used by God to bless you. Unless you welcome him. These under the Dickens to be, who know the level, these people were seven. How many of these seven do we hear about again in the New Testament? How many? Some say one. Some say two. I will tell you three. Of all these, we hear of Stephen. Stephen's experience and story took up almost two chapters of the Acts of the Apostles. Then we hear of Philip. The Procuruso, the Nicano, the Timono, the Permenes, nothing is said of them again. What of Nicolaus of Antioch? We hear of him again in the book of Revelations chapter 2, verse 6 and verse 15. When the angel speaking to the church in Antioch was telling them, either Antioch or Ephesus, sorry. I know you have been trying, but some of you have got weak. At any rate, I will have mercy on you because you have resisted the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Nicholas of Antioch, the first of the seven deacons, became a heretic. He started teaching wrong things contrary to the tradition of the church. And he became a heretic and he was condemned by the book of Revelation. future deacons. Will any of you become a heretic 
it is your choice to make. Because throughout the history of the church, heretics have arisen from deacons, priests, and bishops. And hen on the TTI even today. Those who are no longer teaching what Christ mandated his church to teach, but are now using the gospel of Christ as a means of manipulating the people, personal comfort, fame, or other things. But then, all of them receive the same grace after prayer, and we are imposed on them. Stephen and Philip had two different experiences, but it is remarkable. These seven men were chosen to help the apostles in distributing food. How come that both Stephen and Philip, rather than just distribute food, started preaching the gospel? Why did they go beyond the initial assignment that they were supposed to have been given? My response is, they realized early that social work will never be enough to sustain a minister of the church. Never. Once the church is reduced to social services and is an agent of social change and no longer an agent of the preaching of the kingdom, it begins to die. Presumably, the others whose name we don't hear limited themselves to distributing food. And when they died, their mission died. Maybe Nicolaus attempted to preach the good news, but rather than preach the good news, he preached his own interpretation. Very often, here in this ceremony, you will hear ministry, ministry, ministry. The ministry is ministry of the church, not ministry of the deacon or ministry of the priests. The word deacon, coming from the Greek, service, diakonai. Diakonai means service. And in English, it means ministry, ministerium. Or if you, if you want to translate it again, there's a modern word for it, ministration. When you have your so-called Pentecost week, I call it so-called because very often these things have nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. But just with personal show business. Or when you have meetings of the charismatics for, in, for prayer, there is always an item in the program called ministration. When we say adoration, we have an idea what it means. When we say rosary, we have an idea what it means. When we say lecture, we have an idea what it means. But when you see ministration, 
Ministration means service. Service. Service of the word, service of the sacraments, and service of charity. Originally, yes, the deacons were ordained just for the service at table. But the church to whom that ministry belongs and to whom it was given with time already from the time Paul was writing to Timothy had added other elements to the service of the deacons. Stephen's own ministry or ministration of the word led to his death. And when he was killed, the church in Jerusalem was scattered. Only the apostles remained in Jerusalem because Saul was determined to eliminate the Christians, eliminate the young group of followers of Jesus Christ. It was within this context that Philip ran to Samaria Samaria was not an area that any Jew would want to go and preach the gospel. You remember John chapter 4. The woman of Samaria, the Samaritan woman, who was, whom Jesus asked for water. In fact, the gospel says, Samaria. The reason is in 1 Kings chapter 17. Because the Samaritans, at the time of Jesus, were descendants of a mixed race, of mixture of people. After the Assyrian exile, those whom the, the king of Assyria brought people to settle in Samaria, his own men. But those people did not know how to worship God and they were devoured by lions. And then he sent back one of the priests to the region to teach them the religion of the Jews. But the Samaritans never really remained pure Jews liturgically. That was why the Jews did not like them. Even though with time they were accepted as Jews but not as pure Jews. Just as some of us think but Philip went to them. Philip went to them because one door was closed. The church in Jerusalem was being persecuted and he ran and ran to Samaria. Many of the apostles eventually and the disciples of Christ ran far and near up to Rome. You have the English statement disappointment is a blessing in disguise. Today, Christians are being persecuted in Nigeria. 
the government continues to deny, especially because America has removed Nigeria from the list of countries that persecute Christi where Christians are persecuted. America is not interested in Christianity. They are interested in American interest, American economy, American politics. But we know that there are positions in government that Christians will never have in this country. We know that in many parts of this country, it is impossible to get land to build churches. According to the law of Nigeria, in every university, you should provide space for a Christian place of worship, for a Catholic church, and for a mosque. Three. If you go up to the northern states of Nigeria, it is not permitted to have a chaplaincy with a building in any of the universities, no matter how many Christians there are. Christians are suffering different forms of persecution, not to count even open threat to Christians because they are Christians. But rather than just complain about the persecution, can we react like the disciples? One door is closing. Are we inventing another way of spreading the gospel? Many of us see people here in Ansoka, Enugu, another part of Iboland. There are people who have been displaced, IDPs, internally displaced persons, and they have come home. And since they came home a year ago, two, three, four, five, they are not doing anything. You know that with the return of democracy in Nigeria in 1999, with a Christian as president, some northern states in reaction declared Sharia. And when they declared Sharia, they started attacking Christian businesses, especially those who were selling alcohol, even in areas where only Christians lived. I know a woman who was a beer distributor in Kano. Every weekend, they would destroy her trailer loads of beer. She was the number one distributor of beer in the whole of Kano State. They destroyed the first load, the second load, the third load, in October this year, she admitted the first set of students in her private university. destroyed their business in Kano. Because of Sharia. When one door closes, 
another opens. It may be an opportunity that God is giving you to change method, change location, change style. The difficulty Christians are encountering today are an invitation to all of us to change style. While Philip was in Samaria, the, an angel appeared to him told him to go and join an Ethiopian who was on his way from Jerusalem, returning home. By the way, when you hear Ethiopian to, na, in the Bible, don't think of Ndungwe Ethiopian Airlines. The present-day country called Ethiopia, their original name was Abyssinia. When you hear, and these Abyssinians were Semites, Semitic people like the Jews. When you hear Ethiopia, it's really talking about Nubians. Now found, they were found in the present day Sudan. These were real Africans, even though the Abyssinians in Ethiopia are also Africans. But as early as that time, there was contact between Sudan, Jerusalem, and all that other parts of the world. And this man was a high-ranking minister of the queen of Ethiopia, of Nubia. In fact, he was in charge of the treasury. He was a wealthy man, and he had a chariot. Are going with a private jet, Kita? Yet, he was looking for something different from his life. Was he a Jew? We don't know. But what we know is that he was not a resident in Palestine. He came from his place on pilgrimage to Jerusalem and was on his way back. And the angel told Philip, Dickens, or future Dickens, mark this. The angel told Philip, go, go and meet him. And what did Philip do? Philip ran. Philip ran up to the chariot. The enthusiasm of Philip was such that he immediately seized the opportunity. How many opportunities are we missing in our time because of lack of enthusiasm? This man was hungry. He was hungry for the message of life. He was hungry for food that all his wealth could not give him. And immediately Philip perceived this through the indication of the Spirit. He seized the opportunity. Not minding that his brother Stephen had just been killed because he preached the good news of Christ. When he came near, he found out he was reading a passage from the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 53. The first time you find the passage of the suffering servant being applied to Christ in the New Testament. 
ikude benda icherne hanage joke and swe ikude be some of those big men and politicians and swe ikude be some of these people each and they had too corrupt and they are sinners and swe you will find out they are searching for god and when philip found that out from the question the man asked him immediately what did philip do ojuru ge dia en kedebis ni shijekun ke maka queen on netekwa ganyo from how is the economy of ethiopia and the mere education here and we hear nick entry behavior ibata class in acho entry in preaching the gospel there is nothing like entry behavior go straight to the matter beginning from this passage of scripture philip opened his mouth the translation says proceeded Nuh-uh. he opened his mouth and began to preach to him the good news of jesus christ three things one we have many opportunities today that we are missing nigerians are hungry for truth igbo people are hungry for religion that satisfies the heart draw near to your seeking people and lead them to encounter jesus christ run near seize the opportunity run for the occasion and once you get that opportunity go straight open your mouth too many of us are silent about the gospel it is true that the best way to preach the gospel is by our lives but it is also true that we have to support what we do with our lives by proclamation we have to teach the people because like the crowd that Jesus saw in the gospel our people are like sheep without a shepherd the roman government was fully present in palestine at the time of jesus the religious structure of the jews was fully in force with the scribes and pharisees and the elders and chief priests yet the people had absolutely no direction the same thing is our situation now we have a government we have many churches many mosques many self appointed messiahs and liberators and yet the people are like sheep without a shepherd because they are ignorant and they will not understand unless somebody somebody who has been prepared somebody who is inspired somebody who is passionate and compassionate he risks his life spares his time and resources 
to explain to them, to teach them. If our people were better instructed, if our people knew the real content of the message, the good news of Jesus Christ, they would know they have dignity as children of God and they would know they have rights and freedom. They would banish fear. They would stop following deceivers and corrupt politicians in the name of loyalty. They would also stop being manipulated by self-appointed messiahs. And they will also not be manipulated by self-appointed prophets. And they will stop supporting luxury-seeking preachers who are impoverishing them. Our people need to be told the good news of Christ. So when Philip opened his mouth, what he spoke was the message of Jesus Christ. Not his own personal liking. Not like Nicolaus of Antioch. My dear brothers and sisters, these, your friends and sons, have been elected. Every attempt has been made to train them and to prepare them for the yes they said today. But they still remain human. That is why you have to accompany them with your prayers. And my dear brothers, Dickens to be, no matter your lack of experience, or even no matter how shaky your intentions may be, unclear, if you surrender yourselves to God's grace, like Philip, he will lead you at least to make some difference of a few. The attempt of Philip ended in the conversion and baptism of the Ethiopian. If you try, you may end up like Stephen, but you may also end up like Philip, end up like Paul and Peter, and other apostles and disciples whose preaching drew many people to Christ. Focus on the service of the word of God. Your diaconate is about teaching the people and about serving them with the word of God, the sacraments, and the service of charity. By the way, when we shall have Christmas party for the poor, all of you will be here to serve them with me. The service of charity. But you have to be grounded first in the word of God and the will of the church and the will of Christ. Social service alone will not sustain you as ministers. And your ministry is service in the church. Nothing more, nothing less. In order to be able to do this effectively, there are certain things you must take into consideration and take them seriously. One, you must be closely united to the Holy Trinity in prayer. 
Don't be looking for discounts in the prayer program of the church. Take your divine office seriously and add to it hours of meditation and private prayer. Secondly, your personal holiness has also to be manifested in your total detachment from human and earthly affections. Modern culture may tell you that celibacy is no longer important for the Catholic priesthood. It still is. No matter the temptations, no matter the struggles, it is the sign of our total unity with Christ in the church. And uh, no matter how gifted you are, no matter how devoted you are, no matter how holy you think you may be, once you go away from the embrace of the church in disobedience, you are gone. Take these things seriously. And above all, the harvest is rich. Don't be discouraged that the harvest is the Lord's, not yours. So, he who is the owner of the harvest will never let you down and will never leave you alone. Peace be with you.